0: Thank you, uh, Pastor Daniel, for praying for the parents and families. That's been, uh, that's been on my mind a lot lately. I'll get to the children in one minute, shortly. But we are in a battle. We are in a battle, and there's no time to take days off when it comes to raising your family. There's the enemy is is full full on, full force, doing whatever and however, and we need to stand and strengthen in authority and declare and protect our families. And uh I've been excited because I've seen all these first time parents and we've we've got a whole new generation happening in families here. In the last year and a half, I think we've dedicated literally 20 children and we've got another uh, four or five coming in the next few months. And uh, we need, and I'm talking to all of us who have a little bit of gray hair or even more gray hair, and if you don't have it yet, just wait, your children will give it to you. But we have to, we have to fight for our families. Because if you do it, nobody's going to fight for your family. If you don't stand up and support and protect your children in the kingdom, nobody's going to stand around doing it for you. You have to do it. So thank you, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda, for your passion and for doing the parenting. Children, you may be dismissed for Sunday school. Gift, I'm going to ask you to wait a week. We're a little short on time this morning. Gift, Gift had something he wanted to share and uh, I just, for, for sake of time, I'm going to ask you if you can wait, Gift. Um, we also have the honor of, of a couple missionaries with us this morning that are visiting. It is Lou and Miriam Peterson. Would you stand for a moment? We want to honor you. Amen. If I understand it right, your new residence to Abbotsford, you are from Glad Tidings in Vancouver, and uh, Sister Miriam, you are of the Lazelle family, and we know uh, Pastor Lazelle. he actually ministered, um, taught us uh, Sunday evenings. I also relate with uh, James in Chilliwack, and uh, we've known the Lazell's family, they have been an amazing Foundation and pioneers in the charismatic movement in Vancouver, British Columbia, and even in Canada throughout the world. So we're honored, and we want to give you honor this morning. Um, it is a blessing to have you. I woke up this morning with a song. I'm not going to sing it for you. Thank you, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I might just phone you one day and sing it. But this is a song... And I just want to read the verse. It's from Zephaniah chapter 3, and I'd like to read this to you. This isn't my sermon. I just had this this morning. Um, it says, the Lord your God in your midst is mighty. Actually, maybe I'll do it from, from the verses or the song. We used to sing, as, as I've grown up in the church, and we grew up singing a lot of verses, So I remember singing it, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save and he will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love and he will joy over you with singing. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. And what I find amazing is it says that he will stay over you, he will rejoice over you with singing. And in this version, I got the English Standard version in, in my hands, but it says he will quiet you by his love. Hmm. Anybody here need to be just a little quieted this morning? He's going to quiet you by his love. And it says, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. loud singing. He is not ashamed to sit over you and sing loudly. He's not going, I love you, David. I hope nobody hears me, but I love you. No, he's singing over me loudly. It's like you can hear it when he sings. So this morning, that verse came to me, that song gave to me, the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. What I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about the power of the Word. I want to talk about understanding the power of the Word. When I was a child, and you all know I had lots of brothers. And I'm a little competitive. <laughs> Just a little. I mean, when we had dinner, we had a large picnic table was one of the first dinner tables we had, and we had us, and then we had a round table beside us. And my mom would place the food on the table, and then we'd pray. Actually, we would read a verse at the end. uh, Actually, that was at the end of the meal, wasn't that, mom? We always had family devotions at the end. But as soon as my mom or my dad would finish praying, it was like, watch out. Because if I don't get food, I'm going to starve. So we would grab and do... So I grew up a little competitive. And there were things that would happen in our family and you'd look at one of your brothers and you'd say, why do you have that? Why don't I have that? And the answer that would would quiet you down very quickly was because mom and dad said so. Ever, have you ever experienced, well, mom said so. Well, dad said so. And that kind of like just... I can't argue. But then I'd go to mom and dad and say, did you actually say that he could do that? (laughs) And they'd look at me and go, yeah. And their word was final. Who said so? Mom. Who said so? Dad. Who said so? The boss. And there's an authority that comes through that phrase, I said so. And and there's, <laughs> I said so. There are times parenting, my parenting skills were accelerated and there were moments of desperation when I would just look at my child and say, because I said so. Why did I say that? Because I just wanted it to end, be finale, you know, like no more discussing, no more arguing, no more... It, I said so, that's why. God said so. God said so. Why do we argue with His Word? Why do we come up with buts when He says yes? So I've got a number of verses for you this morning. It's not exhaustive. But I've got a number of verses, and I want to build your faith and build your expectation that when you read the Word of God, you can take the Word of God and say, Your Word says it. I believe it. Therefore, I am expecting what your Word says to happen. It says in Isaiah, Just like the rain falls and comes down to the ground and causes things to grow... So my word, when it leaves me, it doesn't come back to me empty. His word is as sure as the seed growing up from the ground when the rain hits it. And we have no problem with that in B.C. We see rain all the time. We are green just about all the time. But why do we argue with his word? Your word says I'm strong and I'm mighty, but... I read that verse from Zephaniah, the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. Is that true? Is that true? I don't know about you, but that's enough for him to say, I said so. Look at somebody and say, the Lord is mighty. So get a grip. Look at him and say get a grip. <laughs> God's mighty, get a grip. When God speaks and when God says something, he says what he expects to happen. So, when God's speaking, He's speaking His intentions. And the best way that I can see that is two ways. One is if I'm a boss and I'm telling you to do something as as an employee, an employer to an employee, I'm speaking as if I'm the employer as the intentions of what I want. I'm not going to ask you to do something I don't want done. And if I'm a parent. I'm not going to tell my child to do something that I don't want them to do. So when I speak to my children, I'm speaking with purpose, with intention, with meaning, with thought. And if I speak that like a parent, when I see God who is the ultimate father, who is the perfect father, I see him speaking and he speaks and every word, he doesn't waste his words There's roughly 800,000 words in here. None of them is wasted. It says all scripture is given by inspiration, not partial, all of it. And he accomplished in 800,000 words a manual for living. I used to work in construction, and I worked in s- steel construction, but every once in a while I'd have to dabble into the concrete or dabble into wood. And each one of those industries has a manual. This manual is 800,000 words. The construction manual for steel is literally double this. The construction manual for concrete is a book this big, this thick, with all these conditions. And you know when you build, you build according to what's in here. If you can turn in your Bibles, I'm going to make this real easy to start with. Turn to Genesis 1. If you have a sword drill, Genesis 1, go. I want to show you a couple things about how effective God is. Do you know God is efficient? God is extremely efficient. And in Genesis 1, verse 3, And this is the six days of creation. And and in verse 3 it says, And God said, let there be light. What was the result of what He said? Light. God said, and there was. And what was, was what He said. He didn't say, let there be light, and then all of a sudden go, oh, what is that? That's not what I was thinking. No, what he said is what happened. And if you continue on, at that, the end of that first day, he says it was good. So not only does he get what he says, but what he says he gets and it's good. Good. And every day of creation, the six days of creation, at the end of each day, it says, and it was good. And on the sixth day, when he looked at man, it says, and it was very good. I don't know about you, but when God speaks, he speaks things that are good. So, if you're going to line up with something, line up with God's word. If you're going to spend energy and time and effort defending a position, defend a position based on the Word of God. Don't spend your time basing it on a a position that the enemy has sold you a lie, saying you're worthless, or that, oh boy, I'm going to kick these up if I'm not careful. Don't spend your time basing it on an argument that is not established or confirmed in the Scripture. I find it amazing How quickly we can believe that we're not good enough. Why can't we believe as quickly that we are good enough? By the grace of God. Why can't we? I'll just throw that out. You can deal with that one. I want you to turn Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And verse... 130. I'm not going to have you stand and read the whole psalm. We'll just go right to 130. This is talking about God's Word. In fact, Psalm 119, which is kind of the middle of the Bible, that whole psalm is about His Word. I find that So, I mean, God is so neat and so fun and so amazing. The middle of the Bible is all about his word. And if you take the Psalm 119, I think there's three verses in there that do not contain a word that is synonymous with his word. So you could read the whole Psalm and every verse talks about his word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the word of God. Your word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. And there's verse after verse after verse, and it's all about God's word. And, and in Psalm uh, verse 130 it says, the unfolding, just imagine this, the unfolding of your words. What a picture. The unfolding of your words gives light. The unfolding of your words gives give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. And I want you to see a few things about the effectiveness of God's Word. The word unfolding relates to light, and it relates to breaking out. There's a breaking out that happens when God's Word touches you, and it opens up inside of you, and it unfolds. Have you ever had a Christmas present when I get a Christmas present, I want to rip it open. But I've met people that I think purposely um, purposely, do it because I'm in the room. They carefully peel back the tape. Then they peel back the other one. Then they feel it, lift it open. Then they actually lay it down and make sure the crease isn't bad. But what they're doing is they're unfolding. The Word of God inside of you is something that will unfold. And every situation you come across and come against, all of a sudden God's word unfolds. And you get another revelation. And then something else happens. And God's word, because your word, because you've hid it in your heart, because you've meditate on it day and night, all of a sudden His word comes and there's light that happens and it breaks forth on the situation that you're in. Because His word unfolds, it opens up. That's what happens when we spend time in God's Word. God's Word gets into you. It affects you everywhere you are. His Word unfolds, and it gives light. Who here needs a light on a situation? If you need light on a situation, meditate on this. Meditate on this. Well, what about wisdom of the day? The wisdom of the day is not smarter than the wisdom of God. Think on what God's Word says. I believe in practical wisdom. But I find a lot of practical wisdom in here. Extremely practical. You want to get along with somebody? Read Proverbs. You want to understand how to make good money decisions? Learn about Abraham. Look at Joseph. Look at how they did things. You want to understand how to tell dreams? Read the book of Daniel. (laughs) I read that this week. I mean, that just blows my mind. I'm thinking, God, if I had one dream like that, that would do me a lifetime. He had one dream after another after another. He was telling people dreams that he didn't, the guy didn't even remember the dream. He told them the dream and then the interpretation. Get yourself in this book. Put your face in this book. Spend time reading His Word, and then you can say, He said so. Who said? He said. Who said? He said. Who said? My Father said. Who said? He said. And all of a sudden, it's like end of argument. You might as well talk to the hand because I ain't listening. It says, the unfolding of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple, it brings clarity. When you read God's word, it will bring clarity into your life because it says, God is not the author of confusion. It doesn't mean you will have not have questions because what it also says is when you don't understand something, seek, dig deeper, go after it. But I am convinced, convinced, the answers to life are in here. I am convinced. Not Dr. Phil, not Oprah, not Maury. Maury not some other person, not this idea, not that. I mean, it's amazing. You listen to talk radio, and they talk about how, well, we're such a progressive society. No, we're not progressive. We're biblical. I'm biblical. I'm not looking at progressiveness. I mean, progressiveness is crazy. Just look around at what's happening. Well, we're a progressive society. No, we're a sinful society. And we are lying in the face of the Almighty God. That's enough of my political rant. Go to f- Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, chapter 12, uh, verse 12. Are you receiving this morning? How about this afternoon? Everybody turned around and looked at the clock. <laughs> Hebrews 4, verse 12. I got a couple more verses, and then I want to do some declarations because I want the Word of God to get deep inside of you today. I want you to walk out of these doors with an extra cockiness in your step, an extra arrogance that I'm a child of God and he said so. And just like I would look at my brothers in their faces and they'd say, who told you? And I'd look at them and I'd have a smug little look on my face. Dad said so. And you can't do anything about it because daddy said I could do this. Man, I was cocky. I have five brothers older than me, and each one of them could beat me up with one hand. And I could stand there and I could look at them in their face and say, No, dad said so. End of argument. That's why every once in a while you see Pastor Daniel and I look at each other and I say, Dad, no, I'm just kidding. We've got to pass that. But I want you to walk outside today with a vigor inside of your spirit that when you read God's word, you take it at the value of God's word. And quit trying to philosophize it. Quit trying to say, well, this doesn't work today and this doesn't work. Just take His Word, do His Word, read His Word, live His Word, and let the results be what the results be. Okay. Calm down, David. Calm down. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I've got five words here. I just want to give you quickly, talking about the Word of God here. First of all, the Word of God is quick. It's alive. The Word of God comes alive. That is why you can read a passage every day. And you just read the passage, and then three months later you're reading the same passage for literally the 40th, 40th time or the 50th time, and all of a sudden it comes up and it slaps you across the face and says, did you actually see that? And you look and you go, wow. Why? Because His Word's alive. We serve a God who's alive. By the way, who is the Word? Jesus. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, John 1. So when you read the Word, you're reading a revelation of Jesus. And He's alive. So it's alive. The Word of God is alive. It's quick. It says it's powerful. That means effective. You want to write these down, these five words. Because if you just get this one verse and you commit yourself to this one verse you're going to see things happen in your life because you say, I'm just, I, if, if I could just stand on one verse and see what happened. imagine if I stood on the whole Word of God. <laughs> but His Word is alive. It's powerful. It is effective. It's not ineffective. His Word is effective. His Word can do more in one sentence Then you can spend sitting around people and trying to surmise why this happened and that happened, and all of a sudden God can speak. He doesn't even need a sentence, He can say one word, and all of a sudden it's free. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me because He has anointed me to preach liberty. You can speak the Word of God to somebody and in one moment give them freedom and break their chains. It's not you, it's the power of God on you using the Word of God. It is effective. And if somebody tries to tell you this word is not effective, you tell them, sorry, you're talking to the wrong person. I'm not buying that load. No way. I've built my life on this word. I have. I have built my life. I have built my family on this word. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, which means that it cuts through the mess in a single swoop. It's better than Zorro. Zorro had to go, the word of God just goes, cuts through. And it doesn't matter which way it goes, a two-edged sword cuts either way. Have you ever tried to cut something and you end up going, and then all of a sudden you're all... The Word of God is so effective and alive that it just cuts through. What do you need the Word of God to cut through? Now listen, we sometimes like to take the Word of God and use it as an offensive weapon. But sometimes the Word of God is very introspective. You read the Word of God, but let the Word of God read you. And what I mean by that is when I'm preaching a storm and you guys are all shouting hallelujah and you're going like this, did you hear what he said? That's for you. No, sometimes the Word of God is for me. In fact, it's always for me. Apply it to myself before I apply it to you. If I let the Word of God read me, cut through some of my stuff, my mess, sometimes, you know what I realize? It's not, oh, I had to deal with it myself. And when I deal with it myself, all of a sudden that offense over there isn't really an offense. Let the Word of God cut through into your life. Let it penetrate deep into you. And, and it says it cuts, and then the next word it talks about is that it cuts to the dividing a or piercing even. The word of God not only cuts, but it penetrates. There have been times when I've been offended. People offended me. Like, serious offense. They didn't wave. They they ignored me and went to somebody else. And they offended me. I mean, I'm this pastor. I'm the lead pastor. And you didn't come to me. You went to Pastor Daniel? What am I, chopped liver? And I get offended. And then I read God's Word. And He speaks to me. And I want to go speak to that person. And I'm going to use your name. I'm just kidding, it's not, I'm just using this as an illustration. Don't look at each other and go, is that me? No. But I read God's word, and I apply it to myself, and it says, David, if there's any evil in you, search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Try me. And see if there's any wicked way in them. No, in me. Let the Word of God be alive in you. Let it penetrate into the dividing asunder. And and there are times when you may need to use the Word of God offensively. There's no problem with that. But you also must use it inside of you. Let the Word of God read you. It says, and it's a discerner. I love this. I love this. Just in case... David didn't get it the first time. He says, let it penetrate, but then he says, it's also a discerner of the thoughts. And the in- Have you ever had somebody tell you the thoughts and the intents of your heart when they've been wrong? <laughs> oh, Lord, that stops me quick. The Word of God, when you read the Word of God and you allow the Word of God to be effective in your life, it will go to the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Why did I need that? I, I, why did I need that? What was my intention? Let the g- Word of God read you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Are you receiving that this morning? Could you turn to Job 22? We're going to talk a couple declarations this morning, and I just want to show you a verse in Job. You should read about four or five verses around there. I've written down a few, so I'm just going to read them to you. It starts in verse 22 and 23. Listen, this is the words of one of Job's friends, and every once in a while, one of his friends said something that was very good. Um, but it says his friend's talking to Job, and he says, Please In verse 22 of chapter 22, verse 22 and 23, please receive instruction from his mouth, talking about God. Receive instruction from God's mouth and establish his words in your heart. Establish his words in your heart If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. And then he continues on and he gets to verse 28. And this is what I want you to see with respect to making a declaration. In that whole context, he's talking about what we can do as individuals. When we, when we talk and turn from unrighteousness and we start to follow the Lord. When we say, Lord, cleanse me from any unrighteousness. Lord, if there's any wickedness in me, I, I submit to you. I take your word as the standard. Your word is what dictates my life. And when we live it according to his word, he continues on there and he says, you... Talking to Job or talking to us as an individual, and he's not talking about God here, he's talking about a person. You will also decree a thing. Not only does God say so, but this is something that you can take his word and decree a thing. You can say his word, you can say what his word says. We do it for John 3:16. We do. We don't argue about salvation. That is a foundation to what we believe for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we live on that, and we base it on that, and we decree that. But he's also saying here, when we walk in holy righteousness with God, with intimacy with our Savior, we can actually decree a thing. We can speak a thing. We can take his word, and we can speak it. And you know what happens? It says, it will be established. Imagine that. I'm decreeing health over my wife. It is being established. This morning we decreed families and we decreed peace. We decreed protection. We decreed favor. We decreed his strength over these families. And I am expecting it to happen. Because it's not my idea. It's the word of God. He said so. So we're going to make a couple decrees. You want to make a couple decrees? There's, there's, I, I was reading this yesterday, and this, this my wife made this two years ago, a few years ago, about healing. And God's been stirring on my heart that I need to speak this every day. So I grabbed it yesterday, and I'm going through it. And my wife has got an, an amazing talent on, on writing decrees. She asked me to write it, and it's like it went one sentence. She gets it, and, and it's powerful. If you want to see a very simple way of making some decrees, I encourage you, get this. And if we've run out, we'll make some more. But these are verses on healing. And they take the verse, and then Pastor Winona took that verse and made a decree out of it. Powerful, powerful. Let me just read the first paragraph. When we speak the living word of God, we are speaking a living, breathing word into our lives and our circumstances. By speaking His word, we come into agreement with Him, submit to His will, and open ourselves up to freely receive His best for our lives. When we speak His word and we line up with that, we position ourselves to receive freely from Him. So a number of weeks ago, Dr. Brown was here and he talked to us about Isaiah 40. And then two weeks later, Pastor Nelson shared... Isaiah 40. And I took Isaiah 40, and I think I preached a little bit on that. And I want us to, I just got two verses from there that I'd like to share with you, and I want to make them a decree so that you can stand, and you can stand on these decrees. And if you want we can make them available. I can print them up or put them on Facebook and you can copy it because this is something that I want you to be able to do so when the enemy pushes at you, you can stand back and say, no, he said, and then you can say, no, it's not me. It's what he said. It's time for us to get a backbone. Isaiah 40, verse 2. I'm going to read this verse to you. And then we're going to look at the decree. This is my attempt at writing out decrees. Speak you comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Who here is in a battle? I'm here to tell you, your warfare is accomplished. Fight. Fight from the position that it's accomplished. Not from the position of fists and wiggling a little finger, but fight from the position it's accomplished. Your warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned. Do you know that you are free? God has forgiven you. You need to start walking in that and quit bringing up the past. He doesn't remember it. He says it's gone, it's finished, it's over. It's buried for as far as the east is from the west. It's in a sea of unforgetfulness. It doesn't, he doesn't hold on to it and say, oh, let me bring that back and taunt you with it. It's forgiven, it's done, it's over with. Done. Done. Don't relive it. We spend too much time in the past and not enough time in the present looking towards the future. Her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. In other words, she's received enough. So this is the declaration. I'd like you to say it with me. Oh, we got, there we go. Is that good now? All right. I'd like you all to say this with me. You've read it for a moment. If you agree with that, I want you to say it loud and clear. Hear yourself speak. All right. I declare that my warfare is complete, finished and gone, no more. That you, Lord, have renewed my iniquities and have paid the price for me completely and thoroughly. I declare that I do not live in a state of lack, uncertainty, or insecurity, but rather I rest in your thorough and complete work. The battle is over. Amen. You can take that with you. As they would say, take it to the bank. Deposit it. And if you continue in Isaiah, it gets to the last verses, the last couple of verses, and we... Probably many of you know this verse. It says in verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord, and I've been doing a lot of that lately, <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as chickens. No, as eagles. You will mount up with a wing as an eagle. And when, a wing, when it spreads its wings, the wind which was contrary actually pushes it up higher. Those things that used to be contrary and bother you will turn out to be the things that cause you to rise higher and get above the adversary. And all of a sudden, you're going to realize what the enemy thought for evil, God has made for good. Because I'm an eagle, I'm not a chicken. i got to just try to read the verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary. That's supernatural. They shall walk and not faint. So I've written up a declaration for this. You ready, eagle? I declare that my strength is renewed. As I twist and tangle myself up with God, I exchange my strength which is inferior for your strength which is superior and perfect. I will rise and soar above. I will soar as an eagle. I will use the wind to my advantage. I will run I will walk, I will move, and I will not get tired, faint, fatigued, or exhausted. I will wrap myself up with you, Lord. That is a declaration from Isaiah 40. Why? Because he said so end of argument. Why do we have to argue any further than what he says? Hallelujah. Mm. Man, today is a powerful day. Just take a moment, just and I encourage you just to raise your hands as an act of worship. Just let him minister to you. Mm. Praise you, Jesus. If you've never met Jesus he came so that you and I could have life he came so that you could look at those situations and you could say no he said so so if you've never accepted Christ as your savior you can now. It says to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart. So I want to give you an opportunity. What I've been talking about, what we've been sharing about our whole service today was about the grandeur of Jesus. And He is the reason that we can stand on the Word. So if you'd like to accept Him, I want to give you an opportunity now while every head is bowed. If you bow your head and if, if you'd like to accept him, I'll ask you just to raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. I'd like to meet you afterwards and just talk with you for a moment. But if you'd like to accept Christ right now, I want to give you an opportunity just to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you were sitting there going, I need, I need to speak with more authority, I think we all do. I think we all can grow in that. I want to pray for you right now. We do a lot of physical things and actions for a, not for a natural reason but for a spiritual reason. So if you need to grow in that strength that he said so, to take the word of God into your life and to make it more powerful, more impactful, more convicting in your life, and, and it's not that you're sinning or anything. It's just I need to just grasp his word deeper, stronger, harder. I want you just to open your heart and, and lift your hands. And we're just going to pray together. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would just come. Just come right now and touch every one of us. Lord, and let the power of your Holy Spirit come and flow. And Lord, let us take your word for what your word says. Not adding to it, not subtracting to it, not putting it through a synthesizer, but Lord, taking your word and saying, your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. So Lord, I'm going to start living like that. And when the enemy comes, when my self-talk starts to go contrary to your word, Lord, cause something inside of me, a decision that I've said, no, I'm going to surrender to his word. Lord, let there be a righteous indignation coming up inside of me that says, no, your word says this. I will not agree with what is opposite to what your word says. Lord, I ask for a blessing on everyone here today. In your precious name, amen. God bless you. Walk outside today and say to somebody, he said so. But say it nicely so you're not going to argue. God bless you.